plays. We've seen Bijan Robinson do the same type of stuff, right? But the best high school player I've ever seen is Garrett Wilson taking that button hook and just turning in and basically just beating four people that were closing in on him. They had it wasn't even that they took bad pursuit drills, Jeff. They were just that much faster, or or Garrett Wilson yeah. was just that much faster than them, and he yeah. just blew away them. It'd be the angle, Fantastic. yeah, phenomenal. But yeah, yeah. just mind. And you know when you see it, that's my point. Like when you see when you see NFL talent on the gridiron, regardless of what level it is, you just know. Right. All right, Wags. We'll take right, that boys. and uh, we'll good, roll man. with that. We'll do that first, I guess. As uh, we start, it's only an hour, Jeff. Jordan's good to have you back, man. Yeah, excited to uh, excited to be back. I'm in the middle of a move, so that part isn't fun. But are you uh, at Colin's house again? Yeah, I'm at Colin's house right now. He only he only lives about 10, 15 minutes down the street from my new place. So uh just came and did that because uh the place that I moved into took forever to send me like the, the welcome package was had like a Wi-Fi and all that other stuff you gotta sign up mm-hmm. for. And the quickest they could come my moving date was Wednesday. The quickest they could come out for Wi-Fi was Saturday. I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm gonna leave for Houston. Uh, I'm in Dallas right now. It's where I moved to. I'm gonna Leave for Houston a couple hours. Uh, I have a seven on seven tournament. <laughs> I'm covering a seven on seven tournament, not playing in one uh, this weekend in Houston, and then uh, driving back. And uh, Wi-Fi folks are supposed to come Monday morning, so nice. should be able to do the show from uh, my place then. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm not your boss, but I would have to say something if like you were telling me, "Oh yeah, I'm playing in the rec league seven on seven instead of covering seven on seven this weekend." I'm like. Let's prioritize here real quick and just make sure make sure we're getting our recruiting stuff covered. Um, at any rate, though, let's leave, let's go from there, man. That, that was a question that popped up on, like I said. First off, before we get to that, just some business to take care of. Get over to Horns 24-7. The Insider is posted. Uh, Hank South, uh, Hank actually had a really good recap today of you know reactions from some of the recruits who've recently been offered by texas uh we went over some of the stuff in the insider yesterday uh eric henry's got some basketball we've got some uh, national college football stuff clint brewster who does a, a really good job covering the transfer portal for us has some really good things to say about trey moore so get over to horns 24 7 make sure you check all that out make sure you're subscribed also subscribing to the texas sports unfiltered uh podcast feed make sure you're subscribed to the horns 24 7 podcast feed if you are you got the longhorn blitz on wednesday and you got the flagship with chip brown and eric henry on thursday so make sure you're subscribed to the uh horns 24 7 podcast feed anywhere you get your podcast just search horns 24 7 you see that feed click the follow button you get every episode of the blitz and the flagship whenever they drop okay so also we got newsletter and all kinds of stuff going on at horns 24 7 so just go over there and have you a good old time Jordan, I want to get to this best high school football player you've ever seen because I saw this pop up this morning. I'm like, man, this is, you know, you can say, you know, you can say that you watched on TV, but that's kind of cheating. You can say, oh, I watched him in an all star game because if it's, if it's that for me, I can go Tyron Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. Like there's a lot of Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of ground to cover there, but I'll strictly stick with, guys that I've seen in person during an actual high school game from the press box or the sideline with my own eyes. I think you and I have talked about this before on shows, but I want to get your take first because got to understand Jordan and I seriously are about 20 years apart in age. So my frame of reference and his frame of reference are going to be very, very different when it comes to this topic. Just like whenever I say it, Jordan, whenever I say who the best high school football player I ever sees, people are like, how can you not say Earl Campbell? Like, I was born in 1983. That was 10 years after Earl Campbell finished high school. So, no, I didn't see Earl Campbell playing high school. So, at any rate, man, I, I've got a feeling I know who your answer is, but if you just want to put it out there, who's the best high school football player you've ever seen? Yeah, so I want to start by saying – uh, the first season I traveled um, and went to games that weren't just Lake Travis would have been 2021. Well, 2020 went to a few games, but 2021 was the retraveling season. So mm-hmm. uh, that would have been pretty much the 22 classes senior year. That was my first time really getting onto the scene. Um, <laughs> but uh, I saw every single game, every single snap. Garrett Wilson ever played at the high school level because I went to Lake Travis, like every single mm-hmm. snap, right? 
as good as Garrett was, as freaky as he was, even in, in middle school, we just like NFL, right? Yeah. Micah Hudson is further ahead than he was at this point in Garrett's process. I, yeah, I figured that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure Pitt Texas fans are probably like, oh, shut up. But that, that's how I feel. Um, I've seen Micah play shit probably. I had to have seen him play at least 10 games um, in seven on seven training sessions, practices, whole nine yards. Um, he doesn't have any weaknesses. Garrett didn't either. Garrett was all around just phenomenal. Same, same with Micah. Yeah. Um, and they, they have kind of similar builds too. Uh, yeah. Garrett is more taller. I'd say more centrally strong. Micah, Micah's probably listed at five eleven or six foot by tech. Barefoot, he's maybe five ten and a half. Um, but he's 190, 195. Like he's rocked up um and compact. And uh I think like, like I said, I, I I'm not saying that he'll be better than Garrett. I'm not saying he'll be drafted higher, but dude, where Garrett was when he walked off the field from a talent perspective during what would have been the semis of his senior year compared mm-hmm. to when Micah walked off the uh the field in the first round versus Denton Ryan in November. I feel like Micah was more talented than Garrett was. Um, and it was further along in his developmental process than Garrett was at that point. Um, so is Micah the best Texas wide receiver prospect in a while? Um, I mean, he's the best player I've ever seen in, in high school. Uh, receiver prospect, I think he's a better one than Garrett was. Um, a lot of people want to throw Evan Stewart or Jackson Smith and Jigba into that conversation. I never saw either of them play in person. Because uh, Evan Stewart was kicked off the team by his, by by the time I was planning to go see him his senior season, he had been kicked off his team uh, by by the game I was planning to go see him. So <laughs> never got to see uh, Evan Stewart, but with Micah, man, he's just um, <laughs> just a special special talent, and a special kid too. I know he pissed off a lot of Texas fans and like trolled the shit out of the whole Texas fan base, but mm-hmm. um, man, his mindset, the way he goes about things the way he thinks things like I've never I've never uh I've never really met a kid that thinks like that like he never the deal he's getting from tech is pennies on the dollar compared to other shit he was getting offered um but he felt most comfortable there and he wanted to go create his own legacy so that's where he went um yeah Scruggs is biased he only watched Mike all year take it with a grain of salt plus he's only 18 yeah um, seeing James Kirkendall lay out our linebackers, yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, Jordan, too, because I think this is worth mentioning. You know, I, I and we, Eric and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, j- you know, we're just in turn, or maybe it was one of the last two shows Eric and I did. I don't remember which one. It's kind of running together at this point, but we're talking about roster building and basically how when Sark got the job at Texas, I was just kind of like, look, I saw Mac Brown try to reboot this thing, putting together a super staff. And that didn't work. And then you bring in an outsider and Charlie, and that didn't work. And then the prodigal son comes back home with Tom Herman, and that didn't work. So after a decade of things not working, I was like, man, I'm willing to give Sark a shot because what the hell? You've tried everything else. Just why not see if this goes somewhere? At least maybe you get some stability out of it. But I was kind of patient. Like pretty much, I'll be honest, I didn't have hardly any expectations of Sark should be here by year two and here by year three and whatever. Um, we're talking about that with AM and Mike Elko because at this point it's like you you did the thing with Jimbo where you were AM, you threw your weight around, you dropped bags, but at the end of the day, like we've seen so many guys leave college station. I think it reinforces it, kind of what you're talking about with Micah. If guys are just going somewhere to chase a bag, those are the guys that are gonna regardless of how talented they are, and they might be worth every penny of it, but if they're just going there to chase a bag. Those are the guys that when stuff goes wrong, they'll be the first guys to hit the transfer portal. Like Micah Hudson, if he's comfortable yeah. at tech, if he's comfortable with the coaches, tech fans, look, tell me a highly touted freshman in this state that's come out since I've been doing this, and you'll hear rumors about them wanting to transfer as a freshman because they're frustrated for one reason or the other. So I'm sure tech fans will hear rumblings, but if Micah really is comfortable at Lubbock, that'll all play out because he won't jump in the portal. He'll let stuff play out. Yeah, and – um, I mean, like I said, like in between the ears, like <laughs> five star as well. Yeah. Um, 
I, I would never expect him to leave Lubbock uh, via the portal unless either the McGuire staff is hired somewhere else and he goes with them or they're fired. Um, he, he's loyal to those guys and, and uh, that, that whole program. And I mean, like you said, um, there, there's so many guys in recruiting each cycle nowadays where NIL is the most important thing, right? And even a lot of the top players are like that, right? So, yeah, you know, these staffs are having to pick. <laughs> where are we drawing the line on these guys, like behavior-wise, mentality-wise, yeah. you know, whatnot? Um, that's something these schools are going to have to manage going forward. And uh, it's funny you said, like, you know, whenever disgruntled freshmen or upset freshmen, all these rumors are going to transfer. Uh, I, I feel like those rumors with Michael will probably die down pretty quick in the season. I, I really think he's probably he, – he's going to start for them. I know that. He's going to be one of their starters. Um, and I, I would not be surprised at all if he's a leading receiver as a true freshman. Like you mentioned the 22 class, right? I'm just going to pull up our 22 class ranking or our 22 class commit list for Texas that we've got at Horns 24-7. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, like a third Ter- of that class is already gone. Well, Terrence Brooks. I've heard transfer rumors about Terrence Brooks. I've heard transfer rumors about Jaden Blue. Uh, BJ Allen's already gone. Uh, you know, Brennan Thompson's already gone. You've heard stuff about Malik Murphy's already gone. Yeah, actually, actually, it's funny that most of these guys are actually gone. But yeah. you've heard transfer rumors about damn near everybody in that class. Pretty much everybody. Like I don't remember hearing anything about Kelvin Banks. And if something was said about DJ Campbell, I either didn't hear it or don't remember it. But like, is is Arch Manning transferring? Yeah, Arch Manning's described whatever, dude. Like, there's so yeah. many guys that you hear about, like that are thinking about. Oh, they're thinking about hitting the portal. Like Jonathan Gray, I remember Jonathan Gray. Like, you know, they're like, oh man, he's disgruntled. He's not playing. I'm like, dude. And that's when I realized because I heard the same stuff about Malcolm Brown the year before, and I'm like, dude. Then at some point, like I was like, man, and that was me going being the young, naive reporter, and it's suddenly be like, you know what, man, all these transfer rumors seem like it's BS. Like these guys never leave. I always hear about how these guys are upset and they never end up leaving. So yeah, no, take most of that with a grain of salt. Um yeah, you got anything it, to say, Jordan, before I, I talk about the best high school player I've ever seen and try to figure this out? No, I do wanna <laughs> you brought up the disgruntled freshman. I remember seeing on Twitter, I used to have notifications on for him just because it was like instant comedy each time you'd see it, but uh, turn him off now. He's not tweeting as much, but Jonte Cook, right? Uh, <laughs> a few months ago, AM fans were just, I think, just trying to stir him up on Twitter. Yeah. They were just like, you know, you're never going to start. You should transfer. He's not playing you as a freshman. Uh, you know, you'd be starting as a freshman here, like Evan or whatever. And uh, he, he quote tweeted it, and it was like some AM burner account, like less than 100 followers. He quote tweeted it and was like, if I'm supposed to start, who are you taking off the field for me? That's like basically what he said. And it's like, yeah. you know, he has the right mindset. Is Jonte yeah. a diva? Yes. Is Jonte a jackass? Yes. Is Jonte getting paid a lot in NIL? Yes. But he's solid in everything with Texas. And he's like, he knows the situation because the staff has explained it with him and like all that. Like he's yeah. not, Texas isn't. Every school in America is recruiting guys that are going to leave when shit hits the fan and the money stops coming through, right? Every school in America does it because you have to. Yeah. Um, but Texas is so much better than other schools at taking less of those guys. And Jonte Cook, because of all the things that he said, that label got slapped on him. On the surface level, he kind of looks like he'd be one of those guys, but he, he's really not. So, yeah, but let's, let's get into uh, – your uh, best high school yeah. football player you've ever seen. I was just going to say, it's easier for Sark to do that when you've got no shortage of, you know, the line forms to the left of quarterbacks and offensive skill guys that want to play in Sark's offense. And, and then the byproduct of that is you've got offensive linemen that are like, dude, I could block for Heisman winners. And, you know, when Kelvin Banks goes in the first round, look, okay, now Texas can't put offensive linemen into the draft. It'll be the first one they've had in over 20 years going the first round. Yeah, it's a it's an attractive offense to recruit to. People wanna people wanna play in that offense. So yeah, Texas has something to sell. Texas has a scheme to sell on offense, maybe for the first time in my lifetime. You can say that a little bit under John McAvick, but really for the first time in my life, they've got scheme to sell. So an exciting scheme people want to play in. 
A lot of people would say it's this guy that's the best high school football player they've ever seen. I didn't see him in person, but Adrian Peterson, yeah, I just had that come in the mail the other day, so I'll just show that off. But I never saw Adrian Peterson play high school football. I saw Adrian Peterson. The only time I saw Adrian Peterson before he got to OU was at a track meet. He was running at Texas Relays. And watching him, like, in the lower classification, it's like, you know, kids that aren't going to do any kind of Division One sports. And then it's like, dude, he looked like a Greek god as an 18-year-old. Like, he was chiseled. And I'm like, dude, this dude, like, dude, somebody check this dude's birth certificate. Like, there's no way he's the age of a high school senior. But he was. He's just a freak. And I only mention it because that's everybody's go-to answer is Adrian Peterson. But I saw Adrian Peterson in with my eyes as a fret when he's a freshman at Oklahoma. Oklahoma came to Waco to play Baylor. I was covering Baylor at the time. And he had a run where he makes like a spin move at the line of scrimmage and simultaneously stiff arms a guy and then like hurdles somebody at the second level and rips off like a 30-yard run. And I look over to my left and sitting two seats down from me is the late great Dave Campbell, whose jaw is on the floor. And I'm like, all right, if that's something that he's never seen, then I'm watching something special right now. And lo and behold, Adrian Peterson's going to be a Hall of Fame running back if he ever stops deciding to keep extending his career by just jumping on random teams. But I digress. So I never saw Adrian Peterson. So the guys that I've seen, I, it's hard for me to even do like a top five. But off the top of my head, I'm just kind of trying to go in chronological order. Ramont Taylor is up there for me. Because dude was a man among boys. And he's uh, Belton, right? Yeah. 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 And I watched him in a playoff game against Leander at, at Leo Buckley Stadium. Um, Ramos Taylor was special, very special. Um, a guy that never, you know, he was at Texas for a minute and got in some trouble. And even the guys that played with him at Texas would tell you, man, as good as Cedric Benson or Selvin Young was. He might have been the most talented running back in in that room. That was Eric Hardeman out of Pflugerville. Eric Hardeman was – I thought Eric Hardeman – Eric Hardeman was one of those guys, like you talk about Garrett Wilson, like, you're like oh, that dude's going to be – when he graduates, he's going to be in the NFL in three years. Like, there's no question. Like, I really thought that about Eric Hardeman. It just didn't work out. Um, I saw Robert Griffin's first start at Copper's Cove, and he was terrible. He got benched. He was so bad. Um, so that was memorable. Obviously things worked out for him in the end. And I saw him later. Uh, and I've seen so many good Jonathan gray was just, you held your breath every time he touched the ball. I could say the same thing about Jordan Shipley when he was in high school. Like I've never, I've to this day, I've never seen a defense roll triple coverage to a guy like bracket him with three dudes. And on like a little hitch or a bubble screen, him being able to take that, weave through all three guys and go score a touchdown. Jordan Shipley did that. It's another guy that was really, really special. But Jonathan Gray's up there, like I said. Um, Kyler Murray's up there for me too, man. Like uh, Kyler That's what is- pretty much when I have this, because this conversation comes up like once a week with, you know, all my buddies who work in the recruiting industry. Yeah. Almost all of them that have seen him say Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's like the first name. You know, I I saw Kyler in the state championship game his sophomore year. And, like, you watch him and you're like, dude, okay, he's like 5'8". Like, he can't be that special. And they're playing Houston Lamar at, uh, at Jerry World. And I watched Kyler take a snap on a quarterback draw. And, dude, I swear nobody touched him on, like, a 60-yard run. And I'm like. Okay, he's a soft. He might be a sophomore. He might be five eight. He's the best player on the field, and, and he runs like a baby close. that stole candy. It's not even close. Like he's Kyler Murray was. It was so unique watching him run. Uh, man, there's just been, there's been so many good ones, but I think if I've got to pick one, the proverbial gun to my head, CB. I didn't see Sergio Kendall play in high school. Um. I've got to pick one. It's funny how you went with a wide receiver, and I'm going to go with a wide receiver because I was at a playoff game. Cedar Park made it to the state. It was for the Cedar Park had ever made it in the playoffs at the time. They ended up in the state quarterfinals playing Lufkin at Waco ISD Stadium. And to see this cat from Lufkin, like they put it, they just randomly put him in the game. 
and he runs like an out and up. And I'm talking like they throw him a jump ball, and I've never seen a guy like you remember that highlight they show Jordan of Vermont Taylor in the Oklahoma game where he catches that touchdown and he like it's almost like he's long jumping, like he's got height and distance yeah. and just goes and snags it. It was like that, only way better. And like everybody in the press box, like stands up, like it's like a no cheering press box, right? There's like some yeah. decorum. Everybody's like, oh my God, like what was that? So we're looking at the roster, and this dude's not on the roster. And we're like, who is this guy? One of the Lufkin radio guys comes in the press box and says, that's a kid we just brought up from JV. His name's Desmond Bryant. And I said, well, I don't know who the F Desmond Bryant is, but he's good enough to be on this roster. Maybe he should be on there. So still to this day, if I've got to pick one, I still go with Des Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that's exactly who we were talking about as soon as I heard the school. Yeah. Um, he actually – I mean, I, 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 I love Des as a player um, and as a person because it just seemed like – like in today's game of NFL or football – they don't care as much, or it seems they don't care as much. Des is like one of the few dudes who actually was like about everything. Um, so we miss him because of that. But uh, yeah, I, I knew the I knew who was yeah. at the school because I just listened to him. He went on uh, the Pivot podcast like a week or two oh, ago and listened to that. Um, he kind of talked about growing up down there and stuff. But I need to check that out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. That, that's Des a cool story. That's a cool I've, story. I, I've never. I mean. You know, Des Bryant and Randy Moss are like the two guys that and Randy Moss had to evolve a little bit to get to where he was, but they're the two guys that I've seen in the NFL that they got by with like their technique wasn't great. They were such special athletes that they still were able to out athlete guys in the NFL. Yeah. Like they were they were that good. And yeah. Des because of the injuries and everything and other stuff, he just he never got there. Randy Moss, thankfully, I mean, because Randy Moss was heading down the same path when he was in Oakland. He just got to New England and you know got his career revived with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And that's probably those early Viking years, Randy Moss, and then the Patriot years, Randy Moss. That's maybe the best wide receiver that ever lived, including Jerry Rice. But I digress. But yeah, Des Bryant's one of those guys. Des Bryant got by so long in the NFL with just his athletic ability which shows you how much of a freak he is so I yeah, would say I'm, do you remember what year that was that would have been 2004 so Damn. des would have been a sophomore that year i think we've been sophomore yeah sophomore. i would have turned two that december <laughs> um i'm trying to think of like guys that you brought up that are like also potentially in the conversation i say Klubnik. Klubnik's senior year, when he because he missed a few games because uh, his shoulder. Klubnik's senior year is the best I've ever seen uh, a season yeah. of a high school quarterback. Like it was just he couldn't miss. Um, and it, his best game might have been the one versus like Travis, which was his first game back after missing like four weeks or however many games it was, and he went like. Five in the air, like two on the ground for like four hundred something total yards, and just beat them like a drum. Yeah, and it was the first year Westlake and Lake Travis were playing again after they took a year off because of COVID. Um, Westlake would have beat the shit out of Lake Travis the COVID year, just like they did the next year. But um, yeah, he's in there. Other quarterbacks that are in that conversation: um, Novasad and Jackson Arnold. Also, Novasad and Jackson Arnold. Uh, running backs easily. Ruben Owens, not close. Ruben Owens is it's not close. Um, yeah, run, runner runners for me would be Jonathan Gray would probably be number one for me. And the the awesome thing about Ruben was he played at El Campo in four A. Um, so you know we got an alien out here with future farmers. <laughs> like it, it was just awesome. It was awesome. Um, you know it it's not uh it's not a player, but. Because it's hard to pick a defensive player because it's so easy to like you saw with Colin Simmons. You, you watched a lot of Colin Simmons games. It's easy if you've got like an elite edge rusher to run away from them or game plan away from them, and you can kind of take them out of the game to a lot to a large extent at the high school level. But yeah. I just need to say the best high school defense I think I've ever seen 
was that Katie defense in 2015 yeah, that beat Lake Travis in the state like, championship yeah, game? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a better high school defense than that Katie defense. And I remember seeing Kyle Porter break, like, the state championship rushing records that night and thinking he was just going to be a god. And then, like, at <laughs> Texas, he had, like, more fumbles and yards almost. He was, That's he what was it felt like. kind of a guy, man. He was just a guy. Um, Good dude, but just a guy. Yeah, but Ruben Owens – He's got to be running back. And it was also fun. In seven on seven, he'd line up at receiver and would just destroy people at receiver too. Um, but it's got to be him. Like all four years at El Campo, he was the best player on the field every game he ever played. No. Um, receiver, Micah, Garrett Wilson. Never saw Evan Stewart. Oh, DeCorian Moore is in there. DeCorian Moore will be in that conversation with Micah and Garrett, I think. Because um, not only – DeCorian has what Micah and Garrett – didn't have and that's elite track data yeah garrett ran track only had a few times his times were like good they're definitely above average but they weren't like jumping off the screen like if he didn't have the tape he had he would have had like the his track data wouldn't have helped him out in terms of getting recruited um i'll tell you i'll tell you two guys the two positions texas guys that were that were really really good in high school hmm. that i thought were both gonna be just stars of Texas, and one guy kind of was, one guy changed positions. People forget, man, how good Gerard Hurd was as a high school quarterback. Oh one, two state God. championships. Yeah. One, two state championships. And, man, defensive coordinators in the Metroplex that coached against Gerard Hurd will still, they'll still talk about how good Gerard Hurd was. He's one of those guys like, uh, there was a game Matthew Stafford's senior year at Highland Park where Stephenville played Highland Park in a state semifinal. And everybody knew that was kind of the – I think Chad Morris was still the head coach of Stephenville at the time. Was it Jevin Sneed? Yeah, that was like – Yeah, the then, yeah, he would have been there. He would have been It was there like still. the de facto state championship game because it was Marshall and somebody else. Marshall ended up winning Highland Park and beat the hell out of Marshall in the state championship game. But everybody figured, like, whoever wins this is winning the state championship. And they played at the old Fouts Field in Denton. And people still talk about that shootout between Matt Stafford and, and Jevin Sneed. And yeah. Gerard Hurd, Gerard Hurd's got quarterback stories like that that people remember certain games where he had like six total touchdowns and threw for three and ran for a buck fifty or whatever it was. But Gerard Gerard Hurd was good, man. And then the receiver was Mike Davis when he was at Skyline, man. I yeah, I watched Mike Davis take over games when he was at Skyline. It, it's so it's so crazy to me. Um Cause like Mike Davis, I didn't know who the fuck he was. I just knew he was number one for Texas, right? I'm like ten. Um, I liked him. He's awesome, great player, right? Years later, Mike Davis is training kids in Lake Travis, and it's like you're the guy that was playing for Texas, and he's like, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, okay, now I start. You know, years later, I'm working. I'm doing my job right now, working in sports, meeting different people. Dude, like every single person. You ask in Dallas who is the best high school player you've ever seen. Like nine out of ten of them are bringing up Mike Davis of the Mike ones Davis that saw him good, play. Damn good skyline, man. I'll tell you another one too. Um, I, I tried to find the DVD, man, and I can't find. I couldn't find it in my office. I think it's in a storage box that I still haven't unpacked from when I moved almost three years ago now. But the Cibolo Steel staff burned me a DVD copy of their game against Tyvee when Malcolm Brown was a senior and Johnny Manziel was a senior. And I've seen highlights from it. I've got the complete game somewhere and I just can't find it. But dude, it is, it is like, a, it's like a video game, right? It's like to picture the best video game quarterback you've ever seen and the best video game running back you've ever seen. And it's like Malcolm Brown and Johnny Manziel just trading scores back and forth the whole game. I think Tyvee won like it was like 63-56 or something like that. It was it was insane. I wish I could find that DVD. I'd need to find a DVD player to hook up to watch the damn thing. But I've yeah. got it somewhere. Man, Lamarck fell off so hard. A bit of, I mean, yeah. a a huge part of it is just because Dickinson opened and Tech City, everything, all that down there. But, um, no, I, I've had – dog, I, I've had, like, Lamarck's glory days stuffed down my throat because one of the juice coaches, uh, he works with our receivers, his name's Des Haynes. He played at Lamarck, uh, one state there, and then he went and uh, did a JUCO for one season. He went to Coffeeville in Oklahoma. 
And then he went to Tech where he was at Tech for five seasons. And his first – I can't remember if he did one or two seasons. He, he did either one season or two seasons with Leach before Leach got canned because of everything. And he was there at practice and saw it that day. So I've gotten a lot of good Tech stories out of him, a lot of good Lamarck stories, but uh, I doubt Lamarck will ever be back to what they were. Um, the Todd Dodge thing, what do you think about that, Jeff? Did you see that? I did. Um, I think a couple things, and I haven't talked to Coach. I, it was cool um, getting to do his coach's show his last year at Westlake because we kind of got to go from start to finish and just get his thoughts, and it was like the coach didn't blog or do anything like that. Coach doesn't do a ton of social media, but he kind of used Craig and I. We kind of just gave him the floor like, hey, this is your – kind of audio diary, if you will, every week to kind of get your thoughts out. And it was cool. There was a couple of weeks, you know, where Craig had other obligations. So it was just me and Coach Dodge. And I wouldn't necessarily talk about, especially like some of their district games where, you know, their starters are getting pulled at halftime. We would maybe talk about the game for a couple minutes, but, you know, we would talk about, you know, his scout team kids and sub varsity and old, you know, old games he played in high school and old South Lake games and, and all kinds of stuff, just football philosophy. It was really cool, man. It's some of the best times I've had doing interviews or just doing anything in an audio format, just getting to chop it up with Todd Dodge. But I think a couple of things, I think one, you know, that Lovejoy job, let's be honest, man, if you're the 18 and a half football coach at Lovejoy, the pay is pretty good. Uh, second, I think coach Dodge at the end of the day, man, he's, kind of done this a couple times where he's talked about retiring i just think he's one of those guys that you just get that itch and the only way you can scratch it is just to get back and do it again so i'm sure he liked the idea of retirement and was fully planning on doing it but this opportunity came up and and i think too you know probably being able to be closer to riley's kids probably his grandkids probably i think had a lot to do with it look he's he was perfectly fine hanging out in Horseshoe Bay and and playing golf and you know going to either a Westlake game or a Southlake game. But I think that's a big deal of it. I think to be over a program like Lovejoy, see what you can do with it with all these resources that really hasn't been done there. Chris Ross, not to say Chris Ross did a bad job, but to really see where you can take this thing and then to be closer to your grandkids where it's um it's a day trip to go see the grandkids. It's not I'll drive for a day and then I gotta rest because I'm car lagged. Like, you know, he yeah. gets some stuff done. So yeah, I, I I dig it. Yeah, I I first heard about it like three or four weeks ago. And I was like, what do you mean he might be taking the love to a job? And he's like, Well, they uh they had him come up and they showed him around and he likes it. I'm like, like they had him do like a little visit thing. He's like, Yeah, they they think they got him, they think they're getting him. I was like, oh, shit, okay. A week goes by, they say we got him in the bag, and then last week it got announced. Um, I've had two interactions with Todd Dodge. Two? One of them is how are you doing, and one of them is me getting cussed out. You want to guess which one went first? I'm going to go ahead and guess and, you and getting they, cussed they, out to you first. They would have been – one was, fuck, one was the 2020 season. One was the 2022 season. I'm guessing the 2020 seasons when you got cussed out. Oh, yeah. Violating okay. some kind of COVID protocol that somebody had in place. No, so this is what I did, right? So this is my first year out of high school. Uh, I'm doing photography, videography. Um, I, I, I'm kind of all over the place just trying to just trying to figure it out and make it happen. Um and I was going to a bunch of Westlake games. That was uh, that would have been their first, no, their second year. They won state in a row. That would have the year they beat row. Queen Ewers and South Lake in the state championship. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was at the, but I'm at the Palace in Round Rock for a late uh, Westlake versus Cibolo Steel game. Um, I was really close to a bunch of players on the, the Westlake team. I was, you know, pretty much the same age. I had one of the players send me their number because I was in a, I was doing videography. I was going to try to get in the locker room before the game, you know, maybe record, you know, what he says to the team or whatever or whatnot. You know, I, I think it's pretty harmless, right? I had done this. Uh, but I, I can see where this is going, yeah. Yeah, I, I had done this probably, 
shit, 10 times already. That that was like the third round of the playoffs. I'd already done it like 10 times that year. And I come to the locker room after. And, you know, I know most of the coaches are going to say no, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So I'd ask. I texted him. He read the message right away because he had his red like receipts on. He read mm-hmm. the iMessage right away. Didn't respond. And I was like, oh, eh. So a couple hours goes by. We're in warm-ups for the game. And uh, they're all going to the locker room. And he's kind of by himself on the 50-yard line. And he's now starting to walk back to the wa- wa- locker room at the, the end of the end zone. I'm like and- I'm like cringing on the inside for you right now because I know I'm picturing the whole <laughs> scenario, man. I'm like I'm nervous. I'm like nervous and 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 scared for you right now in this story. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he starts walking. I'm like, oh fuck yeah! I want to get him walking to the locker room and I'm going to talk to him. So I kind of jog up to him. You know, hey coach, how you doing? Um, you know, was, this is what I do. Showed him some examples. You know, would it be okay if I was able to do this? All good. If not, he stops walking. Like, hits one of these and just gave me the business. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what he said, but, like, a, a lot of cuss words and stuff. And I was like, sorry, coach. But got to understand. And they went out and beat Steel like, 45 to 3. Um, and then last season, 2022 season, uh, I'm at the Westlake versus Dripping Springs game. Um, Novasad is a senior. Vlasic is a senior. TJ Shanahan is a senior. Greathouse is a senior. Uh, Keaton Kubeka, too. Uh, loaded top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drip also had Kyle Cook and uh, Garrett Duncan, Thompson Vickery, all those guys as well. After the, and this was, okay. So th- this is kind of a long one, the, the second part of this story. So this game was at Dripping Springs. This was when Bosick was still committed to Oklahoma, but uh, everyone – it yeah. wasn't just we're assuming he's flipping. It's we pretty much knew it was like an inch away from being a done deal to happening. Right? Yeah. Texas, um, I had heard through Mike and Hudson because I was still with the Baylor side at the time, uh, had heard that Sark, Milwee – or no, Sark, PK, and like uh, I think Choate, and it might have been Bo Davis or Flood or something. We're supposed to be at that game, and they're supposed to have Arch Manning with them because the next day was a Texas game, and Arch was coming in town to visit. And that was the plan. Like we had to confirm he was going to be there. That like, was, I had, yeah. I had tweets drafted, all this different stuff, and then he gets there, and none of them show up. And um, I talked to Vosick after the game. You know, did you know that? And he's like, yeah, they told me they were coming, but they said they weren't able to make it or whatnot. It's whatever. Uh, Vosick, Westlake wins. Talking to him after the game, like I said. Um, and it was Nick Harris, who now works with the Cowboys, working with rivals at the time. Me and him interviewed him at the same time. And, you know, it, it, whenever it's a really triggery situation like that where kids committed, but kind of everyone knows he's flipping, mm-hmm. they're, the quotes you're going to get out of them aren't going to be very good, right? So, you know, you ask them, what do you not want to talk about? What do you not want me to ask you about so they're more comfortable, whatever? And then you try to talk to them off the record. I ended up talking with Colton Vosick for like 30 minutes off the record after I interviewed him for like a minute and a half. And that's how we got all the details, or Horn 24-7 had all the details because I called Hudson on the drive home. Um, But Todd Dodge came up and walked up to Colton Vosick and I and is actually who broke up our talk. Because he was coming over, it was him and his wife. He was come over, coming over to uh, say hi to Colton or whatever, and he saw me talking to him, and he's like, "Oh, how are you doing, buddy? You still doing videography and stuff? You doing like <laughs> reporting now?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't even, I kind of even forgot we had that interaction." Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you remembered me, but I'm like, "I'm good, coach. I'm I work 24 seven now. You know, just all that." We caught up, and th- those were interactions. But the fact that he like just drug me through the mud, yeah, called me every word under the sun. And then it's like, how you, know, you doing, buddy? Like I yeah. was one of his players. Like no, he might have, he might have respected you. Just be, he probably respected you just because you took the ass to it and persisted and still made a career out of it. So he probably respected yeah. you for that. Oh, uh, but... hey, speaking of which, I like to get inside baseball sometimes in our business. Um, have you ever had a co- a high school coach just like just lose it on you? 
other other than Shit, dude, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure that's the only time I've ever been yelled at. Yeah, like I, like I've had coaches be like, "Hey, can you back up?" Like shit, like that at practice. But like actually get mad at me. I think Dodge is the only one. Yeah, because I, I mean, you gotta kind of be. I mean, unless it's a lunatic, you gotta be doing something to kind of get them mad at you. So I have, I have had situations where uh, I've had coaches call me being upset because of something that another network reporter wrote or said. Oh and yeah, the reason I get the phone call, and yeah, and, I hate that shit. It, and, it's, uh, I'm thinking about not allowing 24 seven on my campus ever again. I'm like, coach, I'm like, and then we talk through it, and by the end of the conversation, it's everything's fine and we're good. Like the one high school that people couldn't believe I got into when Jack Welch was the head coach at Coppers Cove, nobody went to Coppers Cove because they didn't. That staff didn't give out recruiting information. And they, people found out that I was going to Cove and like would go to like spring practice or and you know be able to talk to kids like how man how'd you get in at Cove I'm like I called and just showed up. Turns out that like I actually had an in at Cove because the strength coach, uh, the strength coach at Cove under Welch was actually my middle school coach at Florence, so he knew me, so he vouched for me. But I was like the only reporter that was able to go to Coppers Cove. I even had a twenty four seven reporter that went tried to interview kids and the reporter was told like the only guy from 24 seven sports that's allowed to be here is Jeff out. It's like, Hey, can you go to Copper's Cove and get this for me? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. That's been the only kind of thing like that that happened to me back in the day, but everything yeah. else. Uh, luckily. Well, I don't know about luckily. It, it makes my job easier. I'll tell you that. Uh, that and uh, George Herman at Pflugerville refused to talk to me back when he was the head coach at Pflugerville. I don't know why somebody it was when I was at rivals and somebody said something bad about him on a, on a message board that he read. So he just decided he wasn't letting any rivals reporters on his campus or to call him anymore. Damn right. Um, damn. I just completely lost my completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. 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 I've been a whore in this business, Jordan. I've worked for, except for on three, I've worked for all the major companies. Damn. Teddy Bridgewater's in a, retire and go coach coach miami northwestern you know that's one of those things like eric and i were talking the other day like how just wheels off high school football is in the state of florida and i was like man i haven't i haven't heard miami northwestern mentioned in a minute and turned yeah. out to get mentioned today with teddy bridgewater i want to ad address this jordan and then we'll go back to we'll go to one other thing before we get out of here that i need to, to pick your brain on but Travis asked, why didn't Jordan Whittington participate at the Senior Bowl? Huge blow to his draft stock. He will go undrafted due to this decision. I don't think the Senior Bowl has any impact on Jordan Whittington's draft stock. I think his draft stock is what it is. He's a guy that had a productive college career. He's an older guy with a really extensive injury history. He's a day three pick, and I don't think because of the injury history and his age, like I think, I think he turns 24 this month, 23 or 24 this month. So I think he's a day three pick regardless. I don't think he would have boosted his stock into day two, even yeah, if he just went no. and killed it. Hell no. Respectfully. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he needed it. And I don't think I don't think Byron Murphy needed it for the opposite reason. Like I think the only thing Byron Murphy could have done was potentially hurt himself. Like if you if you're a scout or a front office guy and you didn't see what you needed to see off of Byron Murphy's junior tape at Texas, then probably don't need to be in that job because you should have seen everything you needed to see so yeah. um oh i remembered what i was gonna say i was gonna say well, what makes my job easier or i think it's easier this way is in 2024 pretty much every kid trains uh that's going to yeah. be one a large majority of them so nowadays you don't have to do all the politics stuff with the high school coaches you do it with the trainer instead right um, and there are pros and cons. High school coaches don't call you saying their kid's a five star and needs a profile. <laughs> On the other hand, I mean, I probably have like over 20 trainers I talk to. I have one who literally calls me once a week asking me to give his kids stars, and I tell him the same thing every time. I'm not on the scouting team, I have no say in that. Yeah. And like, I want to stop taking his calls, but you got to do what you got to you, you know how it is, Jeff. Yeah, and the the trainers, I mean, 
you, you got to deal with extra stuff, but it, it is easier a lot of the times than having to go out to the high school. Because you go to a training session, that. and that's that the training session is the equivalent of back in the day when I would do a swing through the Metroplex. I do it a couple times a year where I'd knock out like four or five schools in one day. That's what you do in one training session. And that's yeah. one trip there and one trip back home. Yeah. So in, in May, what I've done the last two years, I did a week in Dallas and a week in Houston. Um, I'm obviously going to be living in Dallas now. So, I mean, I'm not going to do a week there or whatever, but um, I'm going to do a week in Houston. I want to do at least two days in Louisiana. Um, I mean, if Texas isn't in it for any of the Louisiana kids by then, then I'm obviously not going to go. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I could to get 26 stuff at least. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'll be all over. Um, also going to be in East Texas and uh, uh, San Antonio, probably. Hopefully, trying to get down there, I can come back home to Austin for a weekend or something. Jordan, did you have to take all the basketball cards down since you moved? No. So that was actually uh, <laughs> that was actually my parents' house, uh, and they're all on poster board. I originally, when I originally put them up, I taped them individually, and after getting like ten up there, I'm like, this is dumb as shit. And then I just taped them to a poster board and got like four <laughs> poster boards to put up there. So, uh, no, I'm going to leave them um, just because, I mean, I don't know. When I come home, I still want my room to kind of feel and look the same. So that's, uh, I guess, the reason. And for my backdrop at my place, I bought a shelf yesterday. I'm going to have a shelf kind of like this, and then mm -hmm. it'll be kind of on this side and then on this side. Dude, every single game I've ever been to, uh, to cover or event, I've kept my credential or the yeah. wristband. Uh, I want to do something with that. I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but I know like every media person that's in their backdrop and it's probably corny, but no. I think it looks cool. So my wife gives me so much grief over that. And I'm like, I'm not going to save all of these, but like there's some like the two sugar bowls, uh, I've done two college world series. Like Notre Dame, USC, going to places like that, Ole Miss, some of the places I've been to. I didn't go to Alabama this year. Um, yeah, I need to I need to figure out how to display my cards because I got, you know, I do have stuff that's got some value, but I like stuff like this, Jordan, like some oddball stuff. Like this car is not valuable, but I just love to look at it because just look at that. That's a 1974 tops OJ Simpson. Look at that fro OJ's rocking in there, man. <laughs> That's for his uh that's that's for his two thousand yard season. So yeah, it, you know it's, it's not too special, not too expensive, but uh here's a murderer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't have all this. I got an Ivan Melendez uh rookie right there, the little Ivan Melendez refractor. So it ain't all it ain't all murderers. OJ yeah. I think OJ's the only murder. It's not like I got a stockpile of like Aaron Hernandez cards or something in here. <laughs> Only yeah. other one I have like that, I've got the Mark Jackson Menendez brothers card. I do have that. Yeah, one. I was about to say you don't got that one, but you got another murderer's card. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. And by the way, OJ, it's alleged murder, sir. <laughs> he was he was found he was found innocent in a court of law, but not yeah. guilty in a court of law. Yeah. Um, he definitely did that shit. Um, did you have something real quick? Because I do want to pick your brain about one thing, and I don't think it'll take too long. No, you, you can go ahead. I was just going <laughs> to talk about. Like all but like three of my credentials are high school and from going to like over 60 high school games, I have all different shapes and sizes and, uh, you know, going, having to move all your stuff or for me, having to move all yeah. my stuff the last week, seeing all those ones, I saw my very first one from a, it's like a gold ticket thing from the Westwood Lake Travis game, which would have been like mid September in 2020. And that was the one non-district game Lake Travis played. That was my senior year. Uh, that was the first time I was ever on a field and not playing on it. Um, yeah, I've got my, my the very first press credential I was ever issued was 21 years ago. I got a season credential for the Round Rock Express. Nice. So I've got Who are you my, working for then? I just ran in my hometown. I just ran my own paper and I just needed I needed something to do during the summer because when school board's not meeting, there's no city council meetings. People are on vacation. There's like schools out. You have nothing, and like you got advertisers that have bought stuff. Like, dude, we got to put something out. So in, this in Florence. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I need okay. something to fill this sports section. So just go to Round Rock, cover some games. Um, yes, thank you, Ricardo. Held accountable in civil trial. I didn't think we we're gonna get onto OJ's guilty, not guilty stuff today. But the one thing I did want to ask you though, uh, Billy Glasscock going to Ole Miss. I'll be 100% honest. Eric and I talked about this yesterday, more so on the lines of, hey, you know, this is the byproduct of having a, a, an organ, a winning organization. People want to hire guys 
from your organization. Um, I tried yesterday to, as best I could, say this really isn't a huge, it's a loss, but don't by any means think the sky is falling. And I know some people are going to think it's spin. So, Jordan, I don't know how you feel about it, but maybe you can do a better job of saying it than I did that Billy Glasscock had an important role in the organization, but I don't think this is going to be a difficult job for Sark to fill. And I don't see, you know, I don't think Billy Glasscock is going to take away any kind of secrets with him to Ole Miss that are going to hamper this organization's recruiting efforts. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think a lot of people are kind of confused about what the exact role is. Uh because he's le- he was the director of scouting and he's director leaving to be the yeah. oh I thought it was DOS not DPP. I'll look to see what his official title was okay um but yeah he's taking the the GM job at Ole Miss Texas doesn't even have a GM position do they no and I mean think about it I I don't think they really need one because of how involved Sark is in recruiting I think the GM role works really well for coaches that I don't think want to be that hands-on in recruiting or want to kind of keep it. They have to be involved, obviously, but they want to be involved at a, at a minimum. Yeah. Um, So did you find out if he was DOS or? I'm checking right now if my busted ass office chair will stop falling to the ground. Um, Billy Glasscock, director of player personnel was his official title. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Um, I mean that 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 title and that job you you're in charge of I don't know how how many people are on the personnel staff at Texas but I assume in terms of full time salary at least four um, you're in charge of managing those people and you're in charge of you know finding these kids and finding film and finding track data and evaluating these guys and then taking your evaluation to a coach showing his film and saying this is why I like and this is why I think you should yeah. offer. And convincing the coach it's an offer worthy guy. That's that's essentially what the job is. And also, um, you know, the day-to-day stuff with the team. You're not just recruiting. Uh, that's why it's player personnel. You're doing yeah. recruiting and the current players. Um, look, man, replacing the guy at, at the top of the, the, the personnel department, uh, not fun because he's been there for the last yeah. three years. Majority of the other people in the personnel staff outside of J.M. Jones have also been there for the last three years. Uh, with him so I'm I'm not sure I'm to be honest I don't know enough about kind of what the the personnel world looks like um I don't know if whenever a DPP leaves or is fired if the house is usually clean top to bottom I doubt it I highly doubt it um yeah but ha- having a new guy in at the top um a new set of eyes a new guy it, you know, it's going to be someone who understands the game differently, who looks at the game differently, yeah, um, and who looks at players differently, has different preferences and stuff they like, don't like. And, you know, uh, if you really wanted to go super detailed, you probably could find a difference in the last three years compared to what the next three years will look like. And maybe height, weight, all this other stuff like numbers, but unless you're you're going like really really out of your way to look for something the, the regular fan isn't going to notice a difference at all and Billy Glasscock no. being here or gone and plus so. you know there there are there are programs there are programs now like this trade joins us there are programs like next gen and so much you know if you're you can there's so many analytics companies and data companies that put together this stuff for college staffs and NFL staffs that basically you just need you need somebody that can understand it and depending on what level of expertise or how deep your head coach wants to get into it, you can either just simplify that to the coach or you need a coach that where you can say, okay, coach and in, in layman's terms and dummy terms, here's basically what this means. Like it just, the co- head coach doesn't have time. Sark doesn't have time to go through next gen and, and start looking at all that data and figuring out what it means. Yeah. And, and also a part of um, a part of personnel departments that's important. Some guys can recruit. Other guys are just, I'll be honest, they're just straight up nerds that like are scared of their shadows, but they're damn good at finding football players. Yeah. Yeah. I never, those um, guys can't recruit. Other guys can. Um, yeah. Billy Glasscock, I, I, I don't, if I asked a recruit, do you know who Billy Glasscock is? I bet 99 out of 100 would ask, who is that? Um, mm. 
he was never involved in any recruits, and really none of the player personnel guys are. The only one I really ever hear about is JM Jones, and that's like once a blue moon. That's because um, J and that's because JM is over the uh preferred walk-on program. He's got a lot to do with that, the PWO yeah. program. Uh, by the way, Jordan Bobby Merritt's got the uh the scouting, the not director, he's assistant, he's uh assistant director player personnel, but he's got the scouting tag and bobby bobby merritt's not doing so much recruiting as much as he is evaluating guys in the portal yeah yeah we're like i don't know let's look at tech staff uh they have james blanchard as the gm and uh brian nance's director or i think dpp or director of scouting yeah both of those guys are like their two best recruiters on the whole staff i'm serious yeah they're the two best recruiters on the whole staff we're at texas they don't have anyone that really recruits on that staff but they haven't needed to yeah. um so, so Trey, I'm interested. Sorry, yeah. To, basically, what we're saying is, people can say what they want about Sark losing his director of player personnel. If this move would have went unreported, I don't know that people would have noticed the change. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have noticed it. Um, mm, I feel like you notice when a guy with the last name Glasscock is no longer a part of your program. Well, you know, it's, it's a tough one to, yeah. It could have. It couldn't have been easy for Billy growing up. I don't imagine. Mm. Don't ever try to sack tap that guy when you're walking by. It's not going to end well for anyone. No, mm. no. What were you going to say, Jordan? Before I cut, uh, I was just going to say I'm interested to see how how they look to or where they go to fill his shoes. Because um, you could get somebody like Billy Glasscock, where you know essentially you're going to be a wizard with the computer, but you don't bring any value in terms of actually getting the kids uh, to sign or campus as a recruiter. So, you know, maybe they go out and hunt for a, a legit dude. Um, any of those guys from tech, I highly doubt they would leave Joey McGuire, but that, in my opinion, that'd be a home run hire. Brian Nance or James Blanchard for sure. Yeah. Sark can Sark could upgrade at that role if he wanted to. Um, I don't think he'll have any problems filling that role though so Mm -mm. but bk this is a good problem to have man it's been it's been a long time since texas had coaches on staff that other schools really wanted indeed is uh steve copper dick available by chance to replace billy glasscock i hear michael hunt is a very uh has a very keen eye for scouting wow he's got an eye for something that's for sure um, yes, in all seriousness, it is a good sign that uh, people want members of the Texas coaching staff and support staff for that matter, because uh, it used to be Texas fans wanted to get rid of the guys that we had, and now it's yeah. other teams want to hire the guys that we have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the greatest college football coach of all time had to deal with this type of stuff happening every single offseason. Obviously not trying to compare Sark to Saban, but if you're uh, running the program the right way, you can – withstand losses even when the guy's name is glasscock <laughs> i'll say this though whoever the coach has been the guy that's been in that role the head of your personnel department who would whoever it's been whether it was patrick suttis mike Giglio, Derek chang and billy glasscock you know even though the other regimes didn't work out they, they hired good people in those roles i mean i heard nothing i didn't hear anything bad about any of those guys serving as the head of the personnel department so again it's you're recruiting personnel at Texas. Like you, it's not, it's not rocket science. Don't, don't make it harder than it has to be where you really win is when you got, you know, I don't know who it was, but it's whoever the, the lower level person on the scouting department was a couple years ago that told someone in the Herman regime, Hey, I think this running back out of Hallettsville that doesn't have any offers is really freaking good. We got to look at him. And I think Texas, Jordan Grimm, if I'm wrong, was, Texas was Jonathan Brooks' the only Power Five offer, right? I don't think no, he had any Power Five offer. You're correct. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, like Texas State. SMU, he might he might have had Tech. Like Rice. It, like it, it, if if he had anything besides Texas, it would have been like Tech, or yeah. like Baylor's, some shit like that. That's where your personnel department comes in big. So, Trey, what role you think you could serve in a college personnel player personnel department? I don't know, guys, but one name to keep an, a, uh, an eye on for, with the possibility of replacing Glasscock would be Jeremy Bacon Bazooka. So just uh, keep that top of mind as we go forward here. Bacon Bazooka? Yeah. Is that two names or one? Hyphenated. 
Ah, wow, that's boy, that's a tough divorce. He must have gone through. Hey, I'll say this before I head out. How did I not? How did I go my whole life? And I I haven't seen the the Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day, and apparently this reference is in it. I probably need to go. I haven't seen it in years. I need and I don't remember it, so I need to go back and watch it. How did I not know the place that the groundhog calls home is called Gobbler's Knob? <laughs> what? Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Wow. I thought that was a bit like surely not, but no, I had to Google it this morning. I'm like, oh, it's in Pucks. It's outside of Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, and it's called Gobbler's Knob. That's where Phil lives. A piece of shit Phil is what he goes by, I think, right? Something like that. Phil so. the fuck ass is what they've been calling him on Twitter this morning. <laughs> so uh, enjoy uh, talk of Gobbler's Knob and whatever you boys have going on for the rest of the hour. I'm out of here. Have a good weekend, everybody. Trey, BK, enjoy the weekend, fellas. Y'all do a great job.